You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica and today I have with me the lovely Emma Morris. Hello, how are you going? <laughs> and um, we are devoid of Carissa, it's just the two of us. And What, what a shame. <sighs> she's going <laughs> to miss out. <laughs> miss putting in her two cents. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Today's going to be a little bit of a special episode where we're going to be diving into Emma's Holistic Mental Wellness Workshop. It's an online workshop and if you don't know, at the JCN Clinic this year, driven a lot by COVID, we released a whole lot of online workshops, which we'd been talking about doing for a while. I'd been in the background, but I think like a lot of businesses, it kind of pushed us into this space pretty quickly. And we've had a, quite a few rolling and M's holistic mental wellness workshops been really popular. So we thought we would come on today, give you a bit of a background of the workshop and what's involved because she has more coming in the distant future with this and it's really good just to know a little bit about um, what to expect when you dive into this workshop and I think when people hear you talk about it M they'll just be like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> yeah you can't shut me up <laughs> That's it. do you want to start with talking a little bit more uh, before we dive into the components of the workshop about the why for you with this because I think when it came to putting together workshops we all were looking at our areas that we were super probably passionate about and um, yeah like, I think it's always interesting as to why you put this workshop together to start with. Mm, absolutely so mental health most of you might know that it's one of my absolute passions because I have experienced bouts of really severe depression in my own life and through my own journey, I've uh, there's many things that have contributed to my uh, mental health. And then working with others in the clinic, I have seen so much improvement in so many clients changing what they're eating, what they're doing with their lifestyle, you know, how they're resting, how they're sleeping. Um, and obviously, you know, thought patterns are important as well. But there are so many of these other things that we're doing every day that can really affect our mood. And I guess I wanted to put out there a an online workshop or course that can help really um, give the power back to the people, mm -hmm. <laughs> give the power back to, to you as an individual and, you know, stop looking um, at others for answers because, you know, of course, there's lots of professionals in the mental health industry that are very, very um, important for sure. However, I also think that there is a lot that we can do ourselves to influence our mood. And I, I just say that because I see this every single day. 
Um, and I just think that as a society, we're taught to fear ourselves and not trust ourselves and not trust our behaviours and what we're doing. And we just uh, put all of our all of our, you know, eggs in one basket, and that is who's going to help me? The doctor's going to help me. The psychiatrist is going to help me, you know? And I think, you know, as part of a very holistic mental health plan, you can certainly have that help, but I think you always have to come back to what are you eating every single day? How are you moving? What are you doing with your sleep? All of that, because it absolutely has a role. So really empowerment is the main reason why I... I yeah formed this course just to show people yes there is a lot that goes into mental illness and there is there are no two people that are the same and it is it is such a spectrum you know you can have a little bit of anxiety or down moods or you can have full-blown anxiety or panic disorders um and obviously you know everyone will respond differently but i just feel that for people who know in their hearts that their mood is could be improved upon or they're noticing things here and there with their moods that aren't quite normal. I think that some digger, bigger or more digging, (laughs) some more digging um, can be part of that solution. So Mm -hmm. it's more about empowering the people who do this course and actually show them through my lens or my eyes as a practitioner who specializes or is very interested in this area, how I approach it. And there has not been one person, I don't think, that hasn't been absolutely gobsmacked at Mm -hmm. the way that I look at this because it is so different. So um, it's different to, yeah, the medical model out there at the moment. It's just different because no one really understands, a lot. not a lot of people understand everything that does go into mental health. Um, And Mm -hmm. so that's pretty much what we cover in this course at a really broad level. For sure. sure. And I think already we've had a lot of feedback, as you said, for this particular workshop that you're doing and people can see that actually if you go to the website we'll have the link in the show notes where people have um, provided M with feedback after completing the workshop and I think one of the words you mentioned a lot there was empowering people and there are as you said a lot of different health professionals that help out in this sphere and you're workshops looking at that holistic spectrum but yeah it's it's very different when you start looking at how you can empower people to take charge and ownership of their own health and I think that's something that besides the educational components and so many other factors which we'll go through like that is probably the standout factor and you can see that in the the, the feedback and the reviews that people have really um have gained that that level of self um i guess sort of self-development but yeah empowerment it's it's there it kind of oozes through the comments which yeah, is yeah nice. absolutely yeah and as i always say with these courses like everybody is going to be different who signs up here everyone's got a different situation everyone's got different symptoms maybe backgrounds families you know everything but i think I, as I go through it, I say to them, you know, you, you take what you need from this, you know, this session or this lesson, mm-hmm. um, each, each time. And someone might be like, no, my sleep's pretty good. But then, you know, food might be a massive one for them and they can, they can really dig deeper into, okay, well, what do I need to do here? Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, I really encourage being open-minded in this course and to really focus on 
if they are resisting something mentally, then why is that? So there mm. is, I guess, that little bit of a behavioural component as well um, that, you know, we talk a lot about our thoughts and uh, our, our thoughts and our beliefs around certain topics in mental health, which I just think is so important um, as we go through the real, um, the other kind of practical foundational stuff too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Do you feel like there's a certain audience for the workshop? Do you feel like when you think about who it suits that you think of a certain type of person or certain person in a certain um, frame of mind or at a certain point with their health or do you feel like it's just a really wide scope and suits anyone? Yeah, it honestly, I did design it with a really kind of general population in mind, Mm -hmm. you know, um, both males and females can do it. But I guess it is for someone... In terms of where they're at, they 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 should be open or interested to explore a bit more deeply mm-hmm. about what could be going on with their mental health. So, and in terms of symptoms, like you know, obviously there is a, a big spectrum of things. Like uh, you know, you could have really just niggly little moods that you know aren't right, or you could have full blown, you know, um, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, weeks of depression depressive episodes or you know and you kind of or and a lot of people that have done it have come and said they've gone to so many specialists already and they they're sick of not getting any results and they're Mm -hmm. just on this own on their own journey i guess to empower themselves and to arm themselves with the knowledge to be able to do something Mm -hmm. about it so i guess there is a level of openness that um, openness and willing to change and willing mm. to take on all of these things because there is so much to take on if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say, you, you know, what you put into this course, you get out. There's a lot of exercises mm-hmm. and little homework activities, I call them, um, to do. And if you do them all, you will get a lot out of it. And mm-hmm. same with even the interaction weekly by the Zoom calls, you know. Um, I'm there. I'm there to, to answer questions. Mm-hmm. And as I gain a lot of clinical knowledge in this area and experience as well as, you know, theoretical stuff. It's just, I I share my stories too. And I think that just really helps people to Mm -hmm. go, yeah, actually I am able to do this. I'm able to, you know, take on, take on these few changes and start to see, see the benefit. So, Mm -hmm. and a lot of families, you know, a lot of um, women who've got families and their kids have, started to develop some mood issues as well and Mm. you know there's so many mothers going oh actually let's start to do this for the whole family and see what happens so Mm. yeah there's a very pretty broad range but I would say that you know if you're open and you're kind of more a bit bit determined to find out a little bit more about what might might be going on then that's the kind of person who Mm -hmm. this would suit for sure Sure. yeah that's good it's it's kind of essentially like an extension of someone we would imagine coming along to the JCN clinic really isn't it <laughs> looking to yeah. dig dig a little deeper <laughs> yeah absolutely like you know if someone doesn't believe at all that food can change mood and is very very <laughs> steadfast in that belief then this course you know probably isn't for them but you know if you are open to the idea that yeah there is actually other things apart from medication that can help then yeah for sure this course is great for that so let's talk about the structure of the workshop to give people a little bit of an idea of what they can expect. So we've got the first week, which you have titled What is True Health? And you work through some components there. And I know you mentioned even in the start of the 
um, I guess, explanation of the mental wellness course about these five pillars. And I can, I know that comes up in this, this first week. So do you want to just speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So I guess I'm not sure if we already mentioned, but the whole course itself goes for six weeks. Um, and so there's, yeah, these five pillars, but the first week is more of an introduction and I believe it, it is really important to just get everyone on the same page as to um, what they're about to dive into and again why I created this course too. So the first one is a lot about um, yeah, understanding like what does true health look like, um, exploring previous beliefs um, and yeah, belief patterns about true health. Um, you know, for example, do we think that, you know, do we feel that we're broken? Do we feel like we need chemicals and medicine to feel better? <clears throat> do we feel like there's nothing we can do about our health? You know, we explore all of these beliefs that we might have just developed subconsciously over time, you know, um, being surrounded by different people and growing up in different families and you know, just the media and all that, like, you know, what are we actually believing about our health mm. and how can we reframe that to be like, actually, no, I can, can, I can change things. I can take control of my health. Um, and then looking at, you know, depression, anxiety, what is it, you know, and, you know, looking at it as a disease or is it more of a symptom um, and, and how to reframe even looking at mental health issues to begin with, you know, looking at them as symptoms that are coming from the body because there is something else going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important for people to get their head around. But when they do, it's, it's like a light bulb moment, you know, mm -hmm. and they just think, oh my goodness, that is so true. I'm not my depression. I'm not my anxiety. These symptoms are coming up because my body is trying to tell me something. And that's mm -hmm. exactly how I view mental health. Um, so it's a bit of background, you know, background in all of that um, first for the first half of that first session. And then we delve into, it's a bit of a, uh, yeah, teaser or a bit of a, an outline about what, what will come. Mm -hmm. So based on what I wanted to achieve in this course, like I, I did want to do a really general holistic um, course for mental health and by holistic you know, obviously I'm a nutritionist, but I've had experience in other areas. Um, so I just thought, okay, what are the big areas that I think can influence mental health? And so we obviously go through nutrition as being one of the big ones, and that's the next one. Um, but also movement, um, sleep and recovery, uh, that's really important, looking at both sides of that. Environment and what's, you know, the things that we are surrounding ourselves with in terms of chemicals and whatnot and how they're impacting our mood. And then the last one being um, connection or a mm -hmm. sense of connection and connection with others, connection with, um, with self and also connection with nature, which mm -hmm. I think is a really un underrated mm -hmm. thing that we're doing these days. So that one, the last one's more, it's less about biochemical things that are happening, but it is more about... Um, the way that we are connecting with others and then how almost that chemical cascade from our brain then goes downwards and influences mm -hmm. um, the rest of our body and, and our mental health. So that's like a summary, I guess. We can go into them more, but that's um, that's essentially what we go through in the week one to get everyone um, on the same page. Mm -hmm. And the other thing with week one is, so I, we do that, but then I also give them a couple of... Um, couple of resources I'm a big fan of resources and during this whole thing there's lots of questionnaires and things so people can actually find out okay where where do I sit on this spectrum of um, 
you know, food or sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? And I get them to do all these different questionnaires to actually get a value to see, oh, actually, no, I thought I was okay, but I probably shouldn't, I probably should work on this a little bit more. Mm. Um, so the first one that they get uh, in the first week, there's a nutrient deficiency questionnaire, which is just a general questionnaire to see, okay, you know, are you answering, you know, it's a, it's a quiz to see if you're deficient in a few of the big nutrients that are really helpful in mental health. So, you know, some of your B vitamins, your magnesium, your zincs, your coppers, that kind of thing. And of course, this does not replace pathology results. But um, if you've got lots of these symptoms popping up, then you can zero in on, oh, maybe I do need more magnesium. Um, and how can we get that more out of our diet? So it just starts to get them thinking about what, what they need um, and what they could start to work on. And that's in preparation for the next session, which is nutrition. And the other big thing is journaling. So I included this very deliberately because throughout this course, throughout the six weeks, there's a lot of ideas thrown around and there's a lot of, um, and for some people it can be quite overwhelming, but you know, with all of this, there's a lot of change that can happen. Mm. And so during this whole process, I really am trying to keep everyone open-minded and, you know, if they do have thoughts that come up that are negative or they've got a lot of mental resistance towards something, for them to question why that is and go, well, actually, I feel really weird about, I don't know, eating protein every meal. Why do I feel that way? What has what, what are my beliefs that are, you know, what has shaped me to feel that way? Or I feel like I might have a problem with gluten, but I'm really, really scared about taking it out. Why am I so scared? You know, mm-hmm. is it because I feel like my, I feel like I have a problem with it, but my family are going to make fun of me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of trying to get to the bottom of, of those kind of beliefs. Um, so this journal is, I've just named it like a 42 day journal and it goes for the entire six weeks. And each week there's just a simple four questions that essentially go and ask, um, you know, you start your day with it. So you, you start your day with, you know, what are you grateful for and that kind of thing. And then the last question on it is um, some future self journaling. So imagining your future self in relation to that week's topic. So the first week is just about, you know, your general general health and whatnot. But then the, as we go through, so in the second week, it's nutrition. So you imagine your future self, you know, with your nutrition goals in mind or things that you want to start to change with your nutrition and you try and do that in as much detail as possible because there's so much science and literature to show that journaling like this is very very um powerful um and we use you know brain plasticity it's that's so powerful for change Mm. and shaping our our thoughts um which then shape our behavior so i think it's just a great little accompaniment across Mm -hmm. the whole six weeks and it's one of the big game changers and people come out of it and they're like wow like i always thought that I, I always knew I needed to journal, but this has just made me do it. And it's amazing, like, the, the psychological change that's, that's happened as well um, as the education. Wow. There's so much just in that first week. You know what um, I was thinking as you were explaining it is that there's a lot that you offer there that I think is just that opening of people's eyes and getting them thinking at the start, like really just, um, yeah, tapping into different, ways of looking at their mental health and and just starting to ask questions straight away and then doing that and then giving these resources to start kind of getting that out of their head and writing things down like it's yeah it's a really good way of diving in I'm just like sign sign me up I need it get get me out of lockdown sane You don't want my journal. It'll just say, get me out, get me out. (laughs) 
So you mentioned these five pillars and week two, you dive into nutrition. So obviously that's a big topic. Um, Do you want to give our listeners just a little bit of a brief overview of what they would expect in, in the nutrition component of the workshop? Yeah, absolutely. I must admit this one is my favorite, um, obviously, because I'm a nutritionist, <laughs> but, and I do, I'm just so passionate, as we all are, about the way that food can influence our bodies, but in this case, how it can influence our minds and our brains and the way that they are working. And I really start this this one off with the notion that food is actually information. It's not just fuel. Mm. So, you know, you can set a calorie intake target of 1,200 calories or whatever it might be, but if you make up those calories of crap, um, your body is getting information, um, some pretty shitty information, and it's or, or not a lot of information from those foods, even though they might come up to a certain calorie. Whereas, you know, if you're eating a lot of whole foods and a lot of foods that your body actually recognizes, then you're going to get a hell of a lot more information that's coming from those foods into our bodies. And that's the stuff that changes our DNA. And that's the stuff Mm. that really influences how our neurotransmitters are um, are being modulated and what our gut's doing and our levels of hormones and whatnot. So it is really, I start with that because I think it's just super important to acknowledge that 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 is the case with food Um, and also food is something that we do we eat three times a day seven days a week so that 21 meals a week that we are um seven times a, yeah seven times a week so 21 meals that we are essentially giving either giving our bodies some information to heal mm-hmm. or to thrive or we're giving our bodies um information to get sicker mm-hmm. and you know once that's understood i think you kind of go wow actually no this is this is a really although it's you know you don't think of it as a big thing. A lot of people don't think of it as a big thing. It is, you know, and so it's then drilling down into, okay, well, what do I need to do for my mental health? So we go through the macro balance plate, which we are always going on about in the JCN clinic. Um, and also, you know, and what that entails and what it looks like and a lot of ideas about that depending on people's um, circumstances. And then we look at foods um, and nutrients that both help modulate um, our body and our brain um, and the nutrients that are important for mental health. But I always say here, it's funny because, you know, sometimes I've been asked in an interview or to write about like, what are your top five foods for mental health or top nutrients for mental health? And like, to be honest, there is not one. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not about being, you know, I'm I'm sure that headline is catchy to say, eat these five foods and you'll be forever well. (laughs) But that's not the case. Nutrients, Um, work synergistically within the body and although there are definitely some top ones that I do rely on for mental health um, really all of them are important Mm. (laughs) so it's about kind of acknowledging that but really looking into okay what are the foods that we we need to be eating and um, and again it comes back to just real foods you Mm. know and so without giving too much away but I'll you know it really is going through the foods that your body recognizes that are real and uh, is able to get nutrients from and then versus foods that are dead (laughs) and fake (laughs) and and that's the stuff that our body doesn't really know what to do with and our Mm -hmm. poor bodies have to break that down and go oh god i don't know what to do with this um you know so what what do we do with it do we get do we get more sick or Mm. or what so so yeah that's a, a big focus and then I could easily have left it there, but being me, I didn't. Um, and I went on, this is what makes this session a little bit longer as well, but we go through, um, which I think is just super important, um, 
the results of blood tests and we don't go on it in a lot of detail but we go in like you know if you want to go to your doctor and get some blood tests done to check out your general health um, but in particular your mental health um, I've had further training in this area for the last couple of years I've gone really um, dived a lot deeper into the pathology of mental health mental health and what you can actually get from a standard set of blood tests, which is actually a fair bit of information. So we go through, okay, well, you know, if you want to go to your doctor and actually ask about about this a little bit in more detail, you could get some blood done and just some really general bloods that should be able to be done very easily, Mm. Um, you know, looking at those blood tests and then um, looking at your optimal markers as well, which can be very different to the markers that come back on a blood test. Mm -hmm. So looking at that more narrow range that often – you know, you could be coming up as normal on that blood test and your doctor won't say anything about it. But, you know, then if I have a look at them, I'm like, wow, you're very iron deficient <laughs> or that, wow, your B12's on the ground, although it's within this range. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at that, and just again, this is all about empowerment. So it's giving back to the person who's doing this course. Wow, I've got this information now that I really can't find elsewhere because it's, it's really hard. You couldn't really find this on the internet. Um, and so they're armed with that. And then we talk about supplements and, you know, where they come in, where they fit in. If you've got nutrient deficiencies, I even go as far as to look at my favorite like retail brands if they're wanting to go out and purchase or looking at different dosages and different um, different forms of different sub- mm. of different nutrients. So, you know, what's a good form of magnesium? What's really easily absorbable? What about iron? What about zinc? You know, what kind of dosages are we looking at? And obviously a lot of it depends on the individual, but I just give good ranges um, mm as to where, you know, what to expect to able to really get that person back to being in a replete level of that nutrient. So that's week two <laughs> and it's a big one. Um, I did actually did that one last night with my group, but mm-hmm. oh God, the feedback that I get after that week is just mind blowing and people just, the penny drops for a lot of people and mm-hmm. they just go, wow, like, everything you've said just has resonated so much for me. Mm-hmm. And that is just what makes this so worthwhile, you know, to, to spread this knowledge and go, well, actually, no, you've got so much that you can do to explore this further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let alone two. what you've given. Yeah, from week one to week two, there's so much there already that people can be using, particularly because you're jumping in straight away with all that nutritional information and extra information about the the supplements i love that you talk about blood tests and um, something that people can access so easily with their gp but again that empowerment of of being able to look at the blood tests a little bit more savvy um obviously that you're you're teaching them some information there that they can look at those tests a little bit themselves to to suss out some of those markers which is very invaluable why not you know this is like how many clients do we see at the clinic that send their bloods through and they're just like, oh, I don't know what this means. And I, I don't think everyone has to be a doctor or has to have that information. But yeah, I think, again, understanding what's going on with your health and the people that are wanting to do this extra work with you, it's really awesome that you've put that in there as well. And yeah. you yeah. have in week three, you move into movement. So you kind of pivot into the importance of moving the body and how that works in relationship to supporting mental health so again just a little bit of an, an overview that one might sort of seem i don't know whether people will be like yeah i kind of heard a bit about this and it seems a little bit oh obvious gosh. but i'm yeah. sure that there's a lot again that you offer here <laughs> 
And also having a background, for yeah. those who don't know, I was a PT for five years. So I have had a pretty significant background in movement. Um, and like, yeah, it's no, it's no surprise that we all know like movement and exercise and moving our bodies is really good for mental health, but we go way further, mm. obviously, <laughs> um, in, in this. And I guess we go, like, I always um, start the session with the link. Like, I'm, I'm going, well, what's the link with movement and mental health? What's the link with all these different topics and mental health? And I do pull a lot of research as well to show a lot of specific stuff. Um, and in this case, I pull some research and some studies that are showing, you know, how exercise is actually being shown in some studies to be um, superior to um, Zoloft, you know, and any depressant medication. So just reminding them that, oh, actually, this can be quite a powerful intervention um, if, if done correctly. Um, so after we kind of go through that, we actually look at inflammation as well, some studies around that, which is good. Um, but then we go into first, like, where are you on the movement spectrum? So I do a little bit of a... Um, a questionnaire within the within the course um, notes and you know we pause and we go through um, I don't know there's probably 10 or 12 points there where you kind of go you give yourself a grade and then at the end you add it up and go oh actually I'm, I'm pretty good or actually I, could, I need to prioritize movement a bit more or I do too much um, and we, t we talk about that during the course so I guess that's really the benefit of doing this live as well like we, we actually stop and chat about it and and we go through everyone and go yeah you know where, where are you sitting and what are your thoughts about that and whatnot so we establish where you are and where you need to improve or or not um, and then we actually go through movement um, both too little and too much because when we think about mental health a lot of people think oh yeah I need to move but you know and they think about the too little side so you know if you don't move enough then there's issues you can feel toxic and you just feel yuck um, and you don't get those endorphins and blah, blah, blah. There's a massive domino effect. But the other thing I really do focus on this this um, week is what about if you're moving too much? Um, and that's mm. an issue as well. And obviously that comes from my own experience. I've mm. burnt out. I was training way too much. Um, and that was what contributed in part to one of my really bad depressive episodes. Um, I literally just burnt out. And so I think that that's a really, there's a lot of people out there at the moment who are just trying so hard to change their body shape um, or their body composition or whatever it might be. And they're losing track of the fact that they might be doing too much for their nervous mm -hmm. system to be coping. Um, and so that's something I really highlight. We just go through both of those sides um, quite significantly. And the feedback I've had, like I, to be honest, I've had more females doing this course than males, but when I have had males um, and when we've reflected at the end, um, the males often will say, actually, you know what, I'm doing, I think I'm doing too much. Mm, I think I'm either overtraining or under recovering, which mm -hmm. is a huge thing. Um, and so we do, even through it, we do more, more little questionnaires like exercise assessment and yet yeah, figuring out whether, where you are on that spectrum <clears throat> um, to really highlight if you are doing too much, like if you're getting you know way too sore or if you're getting injured or you're not recovering right or there's a heap of different things so it's really interesting that the males have come across have come to me and said actually yeah I think I'm doing too much and mm. I need to slow it down a little bit um, and a couple of females have come forward and said that as well you know those those ones that are just continuously thinking that they need to do more to lose the weight or to do xyz mm -hmm. when that's actually not the case and their body will probably thrive off doing less um, so we just go through that and then we, we go through like, you know, what a balanced week might look like, which is so, it's so individualized, but we kind of go through a different, a few different types of movement, you know, from hit to strength to 
Pilates and yoga, that kind of thing. Um, and then, again, like looking at homework tasks, looking at, you know, um, planning out. There's a lot of planning involved. So planning out, okay, what if I'm going to start moving, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? You know, really getting into the details there. Or, you know, if, you're, if you already move too much, then what's your strategy to kind of peel that mm. back? So it's really taking the information that you've just learned and putting it into practice um, mm. straight away or whenever suits you because that's the beauty of this course. You don't have to do things straight away. You can just put things on your to-do list and start to think about them whenever you feel like you're able right. to. So that's yeah. week three. I was just about to ask you that, but you've answered it. So essentially with that, it's you, you can guide them on what they want to do there as far as their planning, but it's, it's not something that they have to do straight away it's about goals that you're helping them create and then they can make a plan around that for what that might look like moving forward yeah Yeah, right yeah absolutely yeah and everyone's different right we see this in clinic like some people are just like want to get everything done straight away and they want to change things so all the time some people want to just instantly the minute they get off I say get off their consultation off Skype because I don't forget the people going to the clinic. But as soon as people have um, finished that consultation, there's the people who want to empty out the fridge, go shopping and start fresh straight away. And then there's the others that want to finish everything in their fridge and pantry and then they'll start. They have to kind of like, yeah, it's just really fascinating. And no it, no one's better or um, making the the sort of right decision over the other we're just different in how we like to do things or or how we approach things so the fourth week you move into um one of uh i think really i mean they're all fascinating but one that i constantly see being a problematic one that people don't give enough respect and that's sleep sleep and recovery which is interesting in regards to what you're just saying with overtraining but tell us a little bit about the the sleep factor so in this one, I um, first establish that in our society, um, lack of sleep or lack of quality sleep, it is a growing problem. And I don't think anyone will disagree with me there. It is a modern day epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that comes from just so many things, but our society is valuing busyness all the time over being, you know, being well rested. Mm-hmm. And I, sleep is just, you know, again, we go through the links between sleep and mental health specifically, like what is the link? what um how to sleep have a direct impact on mood and i'm sure you know if if anyone's ever had a bad night's sleep or you know suffered from bad sleep for a period of time they know pretty damn well how it can affect mood in a detrimental Mm -hmm. way um but you know for some people it's not even about that it's just they're getting bad quality or just a little bit less than what their body needs every night for a long term for a long time and they're chronically sleep deprived so we kind of dive into that and go well okay what what What's the link here? And then, as always, um, there's a little bit of education. So I go into like how how sleep works, um, looking at you know circadian rhythms and things like sleep pressure and wake drive and and what actually influences our sleep, um, and really highlighting that our body is built on rhythm and uh, this circadian rhythm. And we we have these rhythms that go on, even with women, we have menstrual cycles, which is a rhythm, you know? So our body, it really is in this delicate system with sleep, um, but there are so many ways that we can help to um, to better that if we're not getting great sleep. So there's a lot of education on the circadian rhythm and cortisol and melatonin and how they interplay um, in terms of the hormones that are really involved in sleep. And I find that's like, I've got a 
diagram in that one about, you know, the one I always draw in clinic about mm-hmm. what your cortisol should be doing across the day and how it should peak. And then it starts to, you know, dip down. And then when your melatonin should be coming up and that's a healthy circadian rhythm. And then maybe what that person, what I think is going on for them, mm-hmm. um, which literally might be the opposite. <laughs> um, so looking at yeah, healthy cortisol patterns and whatnot, which is a problem for so many people. Um, but then also looking at, Again, it's a bit of a questionnaire um, that I do. Where are you on the sleep quality spectrum? So mm. they have to answer all these questions within that within the the lesson, and you know you get you have to uh, put a number next to each one, and you know you've got low priority, moderate priority, or high priority. So looking mm. at where are you, what priority do you need to give this? Um, if you're ticking a lot of the boxes, then you need to give it a little like higher priority. Where, whereas if you feel like you're pretty good and you're ticking not many of the boxes, then maybe sleep your sleep quality is pretty good for optimal health so going through that again i think it's really important to stop and uh just assess or acknowledge where each person is on their sleep you know Mm -hmm. spectrum because everyone's going to be different and it really just highlights wow like some people do this little questionnaire and they're like i thought i was fine but actually i've ticked a lot of the boxes um you know to show that i do need to prioritize this a little bit more so it just opens up the uh, the eyes of some mm. people that otherwise didn't really give it much thought um sure. and then looking at yeah what influences sleep so the things that we can actually start to change when it comes to sleep anything from and we go obviously through the big things like diet and stress and you know environmental factors and things like that um and then we we really kind of delve into each of those strategies each of those areas quite deeply so looking at diet and i just give all of my diet tips in terms of um what we need to do and how you can set yourself up for a really good night's sleep and what not to do Mm -hmm. um but then even stress and you know looking at balancing the circadian rhythm and all that so we just got go into that in a lot more detail Mm -hmm. um and then again the homework with this is looking at the troubleshooting document and that I actually provide another troubleshooting document because I'm resource queen <laughs> and um, and they go through that and then from that they can um, develop a bit of a plan about uh, okay like anything like when you plan out your food for the week but it's like right this is where I'm at what can I do based on the information that I just learned um, what are the things that I need to improve like these areas why do I think I'm actually getting poor sleep mm, yeah. um, and so it's trying to address that and then doing putting in things that you know are very individual to that person but putting in these behaviors or changing yeah changing food or changing environment or whatever to help with sleep so we do that and I think I also in this one discuss a few nutrients that are quite important for sleep as well so we just Mm -hmm. kind of go through um the nutrients that you should be having if you are you know just making sure that you're not deficient in these nutrients and then a little bit of a discussion on supplements and what you can do if you if you absolutely do need it. So, so kind of, you can see that yeah, it kind of pulls back some of these other areas as you go through, which makes sense. You know, you're going to start. There's so much there that, as you said, is a big eye opener, I imagine, in this week. But I can see how it would pull back to some of the foundations that people are learning around nutrition and then some of the stuff you started to cover with supplements and yeah. they can start, or even with movement, like there'd be, it's mm-hmm. like kind of putting the pieces together. So you're sort of building onto that where you can have a little bit more respect for what they've learned already. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was going to say, 
yeah, it is just really, yeah, it absolutely is just building, building mm. onto everything. And each week they're like, oh, they're having these light bulb mm-hmm. moments, you know, um, mm-hmm. every single week. So it's just so great to see that happen. And then when that happens alongside the journaling mm-hmm. and some, you know, other thought around, you know, daily thought around sleep and what they need to change and whatnot, like that's, that creates a really powerful psychological change because mm-hmm. you are changing these you know um, neural pathways in your brain like we we know that journaling helps to do that so it's just a great yeah combination for sure, sure. so week five interesting it's environment which is huge yeah <laughs> and, and i know um when we you we get to that final week six there's a lot of talk about connection and i know you're going to talk there about connection with the outside world but i just think it's interesting with environment that it's well it's multifactorial it's not just thinking about the environment as far as the space that we live in is in like being outside in nature there's an element of that but do you want to speak a little bit to more the environment what that means in relation to the mental health space yeah absolutely so i think that the reason why i put this in i thought it would be a bit of a eye-opener for a few people and it absolutely has been probably the most eye-opening one that we go through um and a lot of mental resistance comes up about this and it's really fascinating to dig Mm -hmm. dig deeper into that but i just think that there's little um willingness from a lot of people um and also just society and the medical world as well to acknowledge the impact of um or the the true origin of some chronic illnesses and the impact that our environment has on um on our mental health and um the and when i say environment i mean like i really do delve deeper into into um with this specific uh discussion we delve deeper into what are the things that we are surrounding ourselves with every day that could be having an impact on our health so looking at different chemicals and whatnot that we are spraying and and putting on our on ourselves and and how is that potentially affecting our mental health Mm -hmm. um so we definitely do go through a link there and i i do pull a lot of research because i knew that i'd come up against (laughs) um some people saying it absolutely doesn't matter what deodorant you use um, or what kind of sprays that you, you're using. But I do, in typical Emma style, pull the research to show actually, no, there is a crap load of research to mm. show here that there is links between these chemicals that are being stored in our bodies that we are literally feeding ourselves, putting in, you know, feeding on the food that we eat to what we're putting on our skin, to what we're breathing in mm. and it's just not acknowledged Mm -hmm. um, in society today just because there are so many companies that benefit, I think, off, off of the things that we're doing. And you don't hear a lot of, um, of the alternative view of that. So looking at toxins and a really big thing of a big chat about endocrine disrupting toxins. So um, EDCs and what they are and how they act in the body and what the research is showing currently about that. Um, and really, it's fascinating. When I did dive into the research here, I just was shocked to find um, out more about how our bodies are, yeah, essentially storing in our in a lot of our um, fat tissue and a lot of our yeah a lot of our bodies. We're storing lots of these toxins, um, and for some people, that can then over time give a yeah give some health um, consequences, sure. and one of them being mental health issues um but i think that a lot of people what they struggle with with this one is that (laughs) 
it's not a it's not something that if you change your deodorant you're going to feel better tomorrow so true. Do you know what i mean oh, so it's like mm. oh it's just and it, the thing with this is it, it takes probably decades to feel the unless you're someone who's really sensitive who some people are mm. and they've got issues with their like detox systems and whatnot and they can't stand perfumes or they can't you know stand certain smells or certain chemicals um but apart from those people who get that warning straight away um other people just they go oh well it's not going to kill me tomorrow so i don't really care about it right now um, so true. whereas <laughs> this is all about i keep going back to um putting the control back into your hands and looking at how you can empower yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're not going to be able to, uh, to not surround yourself with any chemicals whatsoever. Cause that's literally impossible in the world we live in today. Like just walking along a street, we can get all these car fumes and, <laughs> you know, like being in buildings like we're going to breathe stuff in, but it's all about, well, what can you do in the stuff? Like what can you do in your everyday life? Mm-hmm. What are the little things that you're doing that are potentially creating this impact of building up these chemicals and, and really just starting to disrupt our hormones, which is a huge one. What can you do and what is in your control? Because mm-hmm. you can certainly lessen that load, you know? Um, and so, and we, like, I'm sure you would see it, Jess, too. We see this in clinic, too, with a lot of hormone issues, you mm-hmm. know, like um, those real, those women with a lot of estrogen issues and whatnot, like starting to get them to stop, you know, having so much plastic um, or BPA containing products and looking at the things that they're, they're eating and maybe switching a little bit more to organic and things like that. Like it actually does make a difference and it pulls that load off mm. of their detox systems. So when I, when I kind of explain it like that and I go back to the research and some of the links that are coming, coming up, um, a lot of people are like, wow, like mm. that's crazy. Um, so then it's like, well, what do you do with this information? Um, and it's really hard because so many people aren't doing anything. Um, and it's crazy the studies that are coming out and are not getting airtime. It's funny no, that. Of course um, not. So, yeah, we kind of go, well, okay, I acknowledge in this whole lecture that a lot of this is overwhelming and for a lot of people who've never thought about it, of course it is. Mm. Uh, and it's not about giving that, promoting that anxiety about, oh, my God, you need to change this and this and this as well. It's just I think knowledge is power. So it's like knowing this and when you're re- when you're ready, starting to make um, a few switches and again that's going to be really individual but I really break it down so we go like into different chemicals and whatnot what they're doing um, and where they're where they're commonly going to be found in our house Mm. so you know in our different products and whatnot and even looking at foods and pesticides and residues and all that kind of thing Um, but we go through all of that you know obviously not in huge, huge, huge detail because this could be a whole course on its own, um, but going through all of those, the top ones, and then um, going into, okay, well, how do we realistically ch- start changing this over? Mm. So I, I give, I think in my one of my resources, I have, um, I've done up a, my top tips for kind of changing things over. So it's just like really, it's like a checklist. And so once you finish one product, then you go, right, okay, finish with that, then I can... Exactly. What what are, what's my next yeah. what's my next low tox product going to be? Mm-hmm. And I give all my favorite brands and everything. So there's a lot of support there, and it's and that's all that needs to be done. It's I really don't encourage everyone to throw out everything all at once and just you know get everything new. It's more about yeah finishing something, finishing that makeup, and going cool. Well, what's a what's a better alternative for my skin? Mm-hmm. And the other thing with makeup and being women is that a lot of women think that this stuff is crap quality or it doesn't perform, but Fortunately, the the companies on the market at the moment are fantastic at mm. what they do, and so um, you know, I 
I just, and I personally, you know, wear all this stuff myself and people always comment on my makeup and I'm like, well, it's all like, you know, it's really, it's all low top stuff. Um, so I think that that kind of myth is, is busted for a lot of women um, now, but again, it's, it's up to them to experience it. So it's arming everyone with the information and the tools to actually do that. Um, and really encouraging when you know better, you can do better. Um, so again, it's yeah, just giving them that that information and saying you know you know this is here whenever you want to tackle it. You know whenever you want to start to tick these things off. Um, I've I've shown you all these links to mental health and how it can impact us. Um, and you know now and I'm and I bet that you know we'll we'll be finding out more and more as the years years unfold and in what 50 years we'll look back and go oh my god I can't believe we put that stuff in our skin mm-hmm. every day you know mm-hmm. like DHT sure. or you know um, asbestos and yeah. smoking and all these things that we've done and thought were completely normal and now we look back and go oops yeah that was yeah. funny yeah no it's it's really interesting and I can imagine it would be the one that would be <laughs> hit with the most or met with the most resistance because um, it's confronting and it's um it's not, it's not an easy – I don't think people sort of see it as, as easy to change or sometimes not wanting to change certain things. Um, but I think what's important that you just highlighted is that you do give strategies here and it doesn't have to be the approach of, like, changing absolutely everything. And it's actually – it's actually pretty amazing once you learn, which you are giving people in this workshop, the tools to start making some changes and how simple they can be. Like some of them are so simple and so simplistic that people can start making straight away then through to like, okay, maybe as you said, I'll finish this product and I'll change to this. It's it's just an integration, but every little bit helps. So I love that. You include that because I think it's an area that people don't don't respect as much or don't really understand as much. Um, yeah, it's um, it's fascinating, and I agree. We're going to see a lot more in this area. I'd even know from a testing functional testing point of view, we're getting more and more ability to test this, and it's pretty amazing when you do run these tests with clients and and see see some of that data come back. But let's move on to our final week, which is. Uh, week six and it's all about connection which is a bit nice and warm fuzzies yeah yeah and it's a really nice one to finish off on i think um so we go through uh yeah it's i guess i feel like it's less practical or less like you're not looking at like the chemical side of things like the biochemical Mm. side of things like you might with food and and that kind of thing but um it is still very relevant and so we look at again, what is the link between connectedness or being connected and mental health? And then we break that down even further. So going like without connection, humans will die mm-hmm. essentially, you know, we are wired to connect to other people. That's, that's us as a species. Um, we're not really lone rangers. And so making sure that we are having that connection, like that can be such an important piece of the puzzle for a lot of people with mental health issues. And the case in point here is, you know, COVID isolation, mm-hmm. being not connected, you know, physically um, and in, in with touch and, mm. you know, physical connection is um, has been really, really hard on a lot of people and I know that mental health has suffered and suicide rates are up and, yeah, it just kind of highlights in this, hor- like, horrendous world at the moment we're living in um, how important it is even though we can be connected online. So I think that I just highlight that and we go through, like, connecting with others and looking at, like, how to support um, 
or encourage like a robust support network when it comes to connection and also then of course I've got a support network evaluation so looking at people <laughs> um, people's support network and like who do you have in your life who will help can help you do the things that are pretty shit like moving yeah. house or picking you up at the airport at 4am or <laughs> you know that kind of thing like just looking at these things that you know who do you, do you have these people in your life who can do these things for you um, and therefore do you have a, a good connection with a few people and the more that you have or not even the more it's not about qual- um, quantity but you know just establishing those connections with people is very important so it's just kind of going through that and like maintaining those key support relationships so that's the first part but then we go into connection with nature which um, is probably my favorite part of this this particular topic um, and I, I think it's something that we don't do enough of um, and it can really benefit our mental health and it's so simple mm. so connecting um, and I go through the concept of earthing or grounding which a lot of people haven't heard about before but it's essentially you know putting your feet barefoot on the earth so whether it be grass or dirt or the beach or whatever mm. really for a lot of people they actually don't ever do that or very much so they're not getting out and especially for those who like me live in an apartment like you don't have a, a backyard you know you don't you're not out there playing around in in mm. the grass and whatnot so really I could easily if I didn't make the time and effort I could easily go weeks without putting my barefoot onto some bare earth mm, how crazy, crazy is that isn't it? yeah yeah uh, yeah, and so then with the, with this like concept, it it just basically, um, I again I go into some studies that have mm-hmm. shown this this concept, which it just sounds too good to be true. Like just get your feet on the grass, <laughs> but it's like I go into studies that are showing um like with thermal imaging inflammation levels, um and how inflammation, which we know is connected to mental health, um how inflammation levels in people's yeah limbs and bodies and whatnot um how they change mm-hmm. after like a period of um you know earthing mm-hmm. so someone who's maybe sat there for half an hour and this you know who's had a lot of inflammation in their knees and then after it shows like a totally different thermal image and the thermal mm-hmm. image indicating obviously those um hotter areas which indicate inflammation so i go through that and it's just like everyone's jaw just drops because it's <laughs> like how is this how is this a, you know how is this possible that something that's so simple can be so important um, mm. to our health overall? So we really explore that and look at even some other um, traditional Japanese things like forest bathing and and what they do and how it all influences um, mental health. And then looking at ways like we can just generally get our connection back back up into nature and being mm-hmm. more mindful of that. And then the last bit is about connecting with ourselves. So, you know, looking at little little ways that we can um, reconnect and, and de-stress. And, um, and I guess, again, we see this a lot in clinic, like a lot of people come in and they're just so disconnected from their bodies, like their brain, their bodies are so disconnected and they don't, they don't even think about themselves a lot, you know? Um, and so I just offer some, some areas or some ways to do that. And we look at, you know, meditation and that kind of stuff and lots of breathing and things like that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much, we pretty much end the end it like that. So end with connection. It's like a really nice topic to finish up on. Um, and then obviously we have a bit of a debrief about everything and they do a bit of a form. They fill out a form with um, all their yeah experiences and suggestions and mm-hmm. what they loved about it and what I could improve and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And 
they are that like all of those give me the warm fuzzies all the time because they're just incredible so amazing honestly you walking through that i mean i've obviously talked to you about this workshop from its birth and obviously having it on the website but it's actually next level sitting here spending an hour going through it with you like honestly i'm just like wow like it's so good em like honestly like seriously from my heart like i'm just like there is so much you've packed into this like how could how could anyone not want to if this is something that they are struggling with or even just interested in um yeah and i love that you end on connection i just i'm so profoundly um yeah, I think anyone does if they really think about it really knows and feels and resonates with how much it helps you when you have that connection to nature like from a just a purely relaxation point of view and relaxation means your cortisol's dropping which means <laughs> inflammation's dropping like it's just it's it actually is some pretty basic stuff that has some profound effects and um, I've got to just before we end just it reminded me as you are talking about that literally just before um i think yeah it must have been just before sort of lockdown and everything started i went into melbourne i drove in for the day to go to a cobram event and it was like right in the middle of the city in chapel street so i drove from the yarra valley into the chapel street and i was excited because i hadn't done it was like my first trip in since we've moved here but it was like full on finding a car park went to the event and then driving back out of melbourne and even though like I wasn't stressed, but it was just like just being in the city and all of that. And I really rem- remember quite, um, yeah, quite significantly as I left the city and got to Lilydale. Anyone knows this area or know what I'm talking about. You hit Lilydale and then you kind of get into the Yarra Valley and it just opens up quickly and there's all the mountains and the trees. And I could feel it hitting me. It was like just this relaxation and just we would like instantly everyone sort of i know knows this feeling too you just want to wind down the windows and just and breathe it in and it was just amazing i could feel everything just calming as i drove back into the valley and i was just like this is amazing this is why we moved here but um yeah i just i just think it's profound but the workshop is just phenomenal and I just can't, um, I can't recommend it enough for people to join. I'm sure there's lots of people who are just like, where, where, where do I go? What do I do? So <laughs> it is six weeks. The, the, um, the workshop or the lessons go for 90 minutes. Yeah. You've got the hour and a half in there and there is time, um, throughout. And, um, I'm sure at the end, as far as questions, you've definitely highlighted the importance of joining live if you can but because it is a zoom uh workshop it is recorded so if you're thinking i'd love to do it but i don't know if i could always make it uh they are recorded and sent to you so i think that's important for us to highlight for people um and also i encourage questions like for those people who can't turn up every week or they miss one here or there if they do the online if they watch the recording and they have questions after I'm so happy. I'm like, just email me with the yeah. questions that you've got. You know, like I'm such an open book. And even during Zoom sessions, I say to people, because I mute them, because <laughs> to, to make sure that they don't interrupt what I'm saying for the recording. But at the end, you know, or periodic, periodically I'll unmute them <laughs> to let them talk. <laughs> but um, 
but like I, I say, you know, if questions pop up, please ask them in the chat box or at the end we always debrief of every mm. every topic we we and at the beginning like we check in about the last yeah. week what's gone well or what are you what have you learned or implemented in the last week or so and then we at the end go okay how was that mm -hmm. um thoughts feelings emotions about today's topic and you know um what what comes up for you and what questions you've got so mm. we yeah it is a, there is a lot of interaction um and even if you can't make it there's still that email interaction yeah, for sure as well great yeah so, uh, yeah, just to, to finish it up as far as the particulars, the next, well, you're, you're on actually number three right now, I think your third one right now, but the next workshop starts 5th of November and it's at 5.30 Brisbane time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. We're about to switch on over, which is always fun. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So 5.30 Brisbane time. And as far as joining, you just need to head to the website. So I'm going to pop the link in the uh, show notes for you. But other than that, if you um, head to oh, so many places, you can head to any of the JCN um, practitioners Instagram or socials. You're going to find links, but particularly if you head to M's website or to her Instagram page, you're going to find direct links that take you straight to the online workshops page and you can book there. We do have installment payments. The course is not um, expensive though. I think they're so reasonably priced. I've actually, I don't know if you've had that feedback. I've had some people say about how much they've like loved doing our workshops and just like, and they're just so not, well, I don't want to say cheap. That sounds bad, but they're just like, it's just such a good price. <laughs> So that we do, if people don't want to pay upright, we do have a four-part payment plan. Um, so that's an option for people too. Is there anything that you wanted to add? Anything we've missed before we finish up? No, I think I've done enough talking. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you can tell how passionate I am by the way that I just went through it. Um, but yeah, I just had really nothing but great feedback on it so far. And... Mm -hmm. I yeah, it just lights a fire in my belly, my <laughs> pregnant sure belly. <laughs> um, this top, this whole thing, and you know, I just come out of each time that I'm sitting there. I come out, I'm just so energized because I just love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it, and yeah, I'm just so passionate about yeah about the area and putting that power back into you know the person's hands. Um, and learning more and more about their body and questioning things and, you know, doing all of the things. And it's just mm. for the right person or the person who's, who's interested or who wants to take that next step to figure out what's going on. It's just, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay. The perfect little, um, little nudge. <laughs> exactly. And actually, just on a finishing note, I know we mentioned it as we've, we've been talking, but if people are looking for a bit of that feedback, if you head to the link for the workshops and you scroll to the six week um, course, the holistic mental wellness course, you will see there's a whole load of um, testimonials essentially there that you can scroll through and, and see what people are saying. And secondly, if you go to M's Instagram page and look at her stories reel, there's one there about the workshop, which I recommend looking at. And I love when you first in the workshop, you put on a lot of your own um, background there about your own um, sort of journey and 
yeah, it's really well done. I just think for anyone wanting to know a little bit more, you can go and look through those stories. And between that and this workshop, I think uh, you will have all of the information that you need. Yeah. So thank you so much, Em, for joining okay. today and, and sharing all of that. And otherwise, thanks to everyone else for coming along and we will chat with you again soon. Yeah, chat soon. See you in the workshop. <laughs> Bye. Bye.